Wait, the last time I recorded was when? July? Wow, time flies. Hi, everybody. Brian Sussman here. I'm okay. Thank you for all of your well wishes. Thank you for all the emails. Thank you for all of the questions. Uh, no, to the best of my knowledge, I have not been banned from the platform that you're listening from. Maybe I have, and I don't know it because there are so many platforms these days. Uh, maybe I've been throttled back. That's happened before on other platforms. Uh, but to the best of my knowledge, I just took a break. And I have no excuse other than I had a million things going on that demanded my attention. I've started writing a new book that I'm very hopeful about. And, and on top of that, I have a new Instagram page. I mean, like I just launched it. It's at Brian Sussman Show at Brian Sussman Show, and it could really use some followers because right now it's it's fledgling, but the content is great. So I'm back, and I plan on posting on a more regular basis now. Shame on me because that was a that was a half a year, that was a half a year respite, and I know how media works. When you're gone for half of a year, suddenly people forget who you are. Nonetheless, here we are. There's so much to talk about. And I'm going to start with my adventures in Great Britain and Europe. I'll back up. For years, I mean decades, I've always been facilitating, leading uh, men's Bible studies on Saturdays. This has been the case for week, uh, for years. As I mentioned, even decades, going back to the 90s. And I have such a gathering right now that I host over Zoom. And it includes men from all over the world. I know there are also a lot of women who are listening in, and that's just fine. Uh, generally speaking, the spouses of some of these guys. And I have no problem with that. But it's a, it's a place for guys to gather. You know, sometimes guys especially just need, they need fellowship. You know, women fellowship comes easy to women but for guys it's it's more difficult and so this provides an opportunity for lots of guys to get together on a Saturday for just an hour and talk about the things of the Lord but I'm also especially blessed and we're all blessed on this particular Bible study to have pastors joining us from all over the world and it's just so inspiring to hear from some of these men who, well, for example, uh, two of the guys this week are going into a region of Nigeria. It's a part of their regular evangelism. And it's, it's an area of the world where Boko Haram is active. And this is, a, this is a terrorist organization. So they're willingly going into a region to spread the gospel where there is a terrorist organization, a Muslim terrorist organization, active. And so we, we pray for these guys. I'm praying for them right now. Lord, I just pray for Gabe and Ike. God, be with them. Please protect them and may, may their labor be fruitful. So we have men like that. We've got a guy in this particular uh, group that is a former Muslim sheikh. This, a Muslim sheikh, these, these are top of the heap in terms of learnedness and influence. And I say former because he came to know Jesus. 
the Lord appeared to him in a dream. He was suffering from stage three lung cancer, and he was in his 30s. And Jesus said, follow me and I will heal you. And, 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 and he was healed, and he, he was following Jesus. And he's an evangelist, evangelist in Kurdistan. We have all these interesting characters. And, and so uh, two of these people invited me to go speak. Uh, one is a, a pastor in northern England who has been a dear friend for many years. And he wanted me to come to northern England to speak to a, a retreat that his church was having. And I was honored to take part of this. I spoke six times. Some of the Instagram posts that you will see at, at Brian Sussman Show, at Brian Sussman Show, are, are from my travels in Northern England. And it was, it was really a blessing to be with all these wonderful saints and encourage them and equip them to go out there and do the work of the good news. I spoke with these wonderful people Thursday night, two times Friday morning, one time Friday night, once Saturday morning, and then again on Sunday morning. But in between speaking engagements, uh, through a Friday morning and Friday evening, we had an opportunity to travel up to Scotland, which really wasn't far at all, but it was my first time there. And we were in, you know, just a, a wonderful uh, rural town in Scotland. <laughs> I mentioned to these people as kind of my opening pizzazz joke <laughs> Friday night. I had mentioned, you know, when I go to certain parts of the United States, like the Deep South, it's, it's very difficult to understand people in the Deep South. They are speaking English, but the language is so thick. I remember this the first time, uh, my first my first day at the University of Missouri, I went out to eat with a guy. To a, I went to a Hardy's restaurant with a guy that I did not know. And he was from, um, gosh, I can't remember where in southern Missouri he was from. But <laughs> I couldn't understand him. I just had, I kept asking him over and over to repeat what he said. You can do the same thing when you go up to northern, uh, the northern states, especially northern Minnesota. My gosh, up near Canada. The language, the, the accent is so thick, you, you don't know what language they're speaking. And I'm sure they, they feel the same way about me. But this was hilarious. I'm, up in, I'm in Scotland, and I'm at this beautiful antique store. I'm in the second story of an antique store, and all of a sudden I hear somebody hobbling up the stairs. And I turn, and it's this woman who's been using a crutch to get up the stairs, and she's out of breath, but there's a big smile on her face because obviously there's something on that floor she wanted to see. And I said, wow, you made it. There must be something incredible you want to see up here. And she said to me, <laughs> I just looked at her, gave her a thumbs up, and I said, that is great. You have a nice day. <laughs> to which she probably said under her breath, <laughs> Californian. <laughs> but I had a wonderful time in uh, Northern England. And then I went to Bulgaria. Another friend of mine who's on this Zoom Bible study is a pastor in Bulgaria. And he invited me to speak at his church. But we also did some things there that, that were just incredibly life-changing 
For those of you who don't know Bulgaria, it's, first of all, it's a beautiful country. Oh my gosh, just beautiful land. It's been around, well, there's one, the second most populated city in Bulgaria, Plovdiv, is the sixth longest continuously inhabited city in the world. So this is, this is an ancient land. And the Bulgarian people, you know, they have their own language. Seven million people, they have their own language. They have held together for hundreds and hundreds, if not, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred years. I don't know how long it's been. Maybe longer. But they're just a unique people group. And they've taken it on the chin so many times. 500 years of Ottoman rule. Followed by, followed by you know, Nazism. Followed by communism. So, and that, that 40 years of communism, which ended in, for them in the early 90s, that 40 years of communism just decimated that country. 40 years of that horrid, devilish, demonic, satanic ideology crafted from Karl Marx ruined that country. They're still digging out. You drive around, you see these communist buildings that were built, and they're just, they're just ugly, cement, stack-and-pack housing shells. They're still trying to dig out, but... But if you can get past the commie buildings and look at some of the new buildings, which are beautiful, and then look around at some of the ancient Roman ruins that, they, that they're doing just a wonderful job of excavating, the country's beautiful. The people are beautiful. The people really are beautiful. So nice. So welcoming. And I really just enjoyed being with these folks. But again, Bulgaria is interesting. Because it's the gateway to all of Europe. When you come from the Middle East through Turkey, Bulgaria is the first country that you essentially come to to enter the European continent. And so everybody and their brother who ever tried to conquer Europe would go through Bulgaria to do so. Wonderful ancient land. Very, very strategic. Bulgaria was, of course, also, well, Turkey, really. Turkey was the missionaries from Turkey. And this would be, for example, the church in Ephesus um, that uh, Paul founded and pastored, and it was taken over by, by the Apostle John. And it's likely that Mary, the mother of Jesus, was a part of that church in Ephesus. But uh, it was missionaries from that region that went into Bulgaria and began spreading the good news throughout Europe. So very strategic location. It remains an important location to this day. I'm going to tell you about two stories that have so impacted me. And I'm still trying to unpack uh, the conversations that I had. But the first was uh, a wonderful Christian brother, and I'm not going to mention anybody's names. I want to keep I want to keep them anonymous for a reason, as you'll shortly discover. This brother is from Iran, and he is an engineer, uh, Muslim, Persian Muslim, and he came to know Jesus. 
And as soon as he came to know Jesus as Savior, he became a target in Iran. The Muslims wanted him dead. So I'm not even sure if he had time to say goodbye to his family. All I know is that he knew he was a wanted man. He knew the mullahs were coming after him. And he knew that the sun sets in the West. And if you just follow the sun, you'll get to Europe. He saw Europe as freedom. He took his papers, all of his identification. He put on some warm clothes because it was chilly, chilly time of the year. I'm thinking it was probably fall. Got a good pair of shoes on, money, and took off. Followed the sunset for days. Along the way, he was beaten, nose broken, skull cracked open, all his money taken. I believe he was able to keep some of his papers. He made it to Turkey, and then he made it into a Bulgarian refugee camp. His identity was affirmed. He was able to get patched up. He had hypothermia. He had the broken skull. He had smashed nose. He was able to get cleaned up. Identification was verified. And he was able to, they gave him a new name. And he was able to make it into Bulgaria. He's employed now as, uh, as an engineer. He's doing well for himself. But as someone who escaped radical Islam, his goal is to tell Muslims about Jesus. Now, friends, the journey the many days long journey on foot from Iran to Turkey, to Bulgaria. I can't fathom that. I, I spoke to this guy, I said, you're, you're like a character out of the book of Acts. I was nearly in tears as he's telling me the story. I just, just even touching him, I got, I got, I got teary, I got weepy, I got emotional. What a good man. Well, he introduced me to his, his roommate. While this particular gentleman is a light-skinned Persian, his roommate was dark-skinned. And I'm thinking, I wonder what country he's from. Well, he's from Afghanistan. Like so many in the Muslim world, he came to know Jesus as Savior and immediately after confessing Jesus as Lord, what do you do? I mean, think, think back to your own salvation. I wanted to tell somebody. I wanted to tell my parents. That took a little while to get to. But I'll, 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 I'll share that story before I continue with this, with this particular brother. I remember telling my parents. It took a while because I was, I was trying to figure out, one, what, what do I really believe here? You know, I had this experience with the Lord, I, I received him as my savior. I confessed him as my Lord and, and my Messiah. But how do I tell this to my parents? So when I finally thought that I had the right time to tell my parents about my conversion, and in my particular case, my conversion now is from, you know, I, I was a Jew, I am a Jew. 
but we were, we were a non-religious Jewish household. So I had to tell them that, yes, I, I found God, the God of Israel, and I found the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. I had to tell them this. And I've got eternal life. And I want them to share in this same experience, which, by the way, eventually they did. That took, that took many, 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 many years. But I'll never forget, they were, my dad was pissed. When he heard what had happened to me, he, was, he took his hand, we're eating dinner. He takes his hand and smashes it on the kitchen table. And he says, we're Jewish, damn it. And he says, and I'll bet you $1,000 versus your $10. You won't believe that in 10 years. I won't tell you how I responded. My response was rather arrogant. It'll probably be in the book. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, my, my effort to tell him about my salvation experience did not go well. And my parents were angry. They were angry. They didn't disown me. They were just angry. And they felt like they had been betrayed. Well, now getting back to this, this uh, brother from Afghanistan... He comes to know Jesus. The first thing he wants to do is tell his brother. He's very close to his brother. He tells his brother about his conversion from Islam to Jesus. The brother becomes angry. What does the brother decide to do? Turn him into the Taliban. As a faithful Muslim, he was going to do the faithful thing and turn him into the Taliban immediately, immediately, this brother realized, this brand new Christian realized he was a dead man. And immediately he took the clothes on his back, got as much money, cash money as he could find, credit cards, everything. And he was also a professional, got all of his um, a professional, professionally employed person, got everything papers just and took off for the West. He said, I knew the sun set in the West and that's where Europe was. He took off. His journey was worse than the guy from Iran. Uh, he was beaten, robbed of everything, robbed of everything. His jacket was taken. Most of his clothing was taken, money and his papers. He was able to move into Turkey and then to a refugee camp in Bulgaria and uh, was trying to prove his trying to prove who he was. He did find out this. He did find out this. Not only had his brother turned him into the Taliban, but the Taliban then went to this guy's mother and said, how could you, a Muslim woman, allow your son to convert to Jesus? And they murdered her. Not only did his brother turn him into the Taliban, but the Taliban in turn killed his mother because of his conversion. Now, friends, just step back for a second. How, could, how can we possibly even begin for a moment to relate to that? You can't. You can't. So now he's in Bulgaria trying to make a new life for himself. His identity has been, I don't, know how, I don't know how they do it in refugee camps. I just know that I'm praying for him for all his paperwork to come through. 
In the meantime, he does not live in the refugee camp. He has a job. He's employable. And he works and lives in Bulgaria with that other gentleman. But for this, these are the kind of conversations and people I was meeting along the way. And can I tell you something? I came out charged up. I came out blessed. I came out excited more than ever regarding the confession of faith I made many, many, many years ago. So here we are back with hidden headlines, faith, family, freedom. And yes, I'll continue talking about the news because the news of the day deserves conversation. The news of the day deserves commentary. There's no question about that. I look at this past election. I, I look at, I look at anyone who questions the integrity of the vote is called a denier. They're being canceled. They're called conspiracy theorists. When in fact, I just look at that, all of that, and I think, my gosh, my, isn't it just amazing? The Democrats were the big election deniers for decades. Well, guess what? In the next Hidden Headlines podcast, I will talk about that. So there's, there's, a, lot, there's a lot going on in my, my home state of California, the state of my birth, where demons seem to be controlling the legislature. All of this stuff with, with, um, with everything from LGBTQ plus 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 to abortion, which is the new worship of Baal, child sacrifice. We'll talk about all of that and more. But I'm just so glad to be back with you. And thank you for your patience. Thank you for your many well wishes uh, via emails that have been able to get to me. And please, 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 if you will, go to my Instagram page at Brian Sussman Show and, you know, just little 60 second video clips that I hope will in equip you to live as Jesus would have you to live and encourage you to do the same. All right, my friends, always a pleasure, always an honor. You've heard me say that many times, and I say it with all sincerity, to be with you. And as the Apostle Peter says, I believe three times in his writings, grace, mercy, and peace be unto you through God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Until next time, thank you.